um, Mr. Prodigious, Mr. Prominence Professor, Proclamation News and Gatherance, coming back with a brand new edition, Flux with the Flow, and Flux with the Show. Thank you all for coming through. I really mean that. Thanks so much, ever, ever so much today. We've got so much to get through. We've got so many segments. I'm happy. I am overwhelmed. It is the, bit, the prodigious, the prominence professor of proclamation news and gatherance. On a, on a, a dear to giving other people life chances. Would someone else like to have their voice, their opinion heard? Would they like to join me in my office and do a radio cast? Maybe, maybe on one evening, maybe a weekend. You know, you got your chance. You got, you're giving your opportunity for others to give yourself. You know, give yourself some experience behind the radio. I could help. Help give you something to do. Having, having a friend to talk to, having a radio to talk about, having you know talking about the criminology and the car crime, any kind of incidents that bother you, bother your you for today. Um, talking about anything that's going to be a sufferance to your family, if it's tax. Um, could be, yeah, it could be uh, council tax, could be um, anything, rent, rent, affordable affordable housing, anything that's going to bother you in today's modern society. You want to get, get on the market of buying a house. We all do. We all want to get on the market of buying a house. But how can we if we have, can't afford the funds? Let's start working together as a team, trying to help build and support a good report for you throughout humanity. Absolutely. Maybe your pension... Um, is not coming early enough and you want to make a complaint about it well now's your time to have your say or you worry about your, your nan your dad uh, your nan your mother your dad granddad you know elderly folks you worry about when they're going to get their pension have they done enough in life to warrant some sort of support well here's your time please come feel free to come on board or maybe you're a doctor or build a, in the building industry perhaps fixing up infrastructure you want to have your voice your opinion heard more than welcome to come along on Proclamation News and Gatherance. We're not just on CastBox, we're not just on YouTube, we're here, there and everywhere. We're on podcasts, we're on, we're on Spotify, we're on Anchor, we're on every single radio cast you can think of, analog. Thank you all for coming through. It means the absolute world to me. I'm giving people uh, opportunities. I want to make friends and build a good radio cast. Absolutely, it's very important that we have, all have our voice, our opinion supporters. Uh, I just want to give a good shout out to Liana, Chevy, Alan, Jandro, Joshua, Lucia, Jacob, Tristely, Barley and May. Thank you all for coming through this morning ladies and gents. It's going to be a great show. It's Thursday the 18th of November. I'm a political analyst. I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm an influencer. I try and support um, the, the most deprived throughout the UK. Anything to do, let's talk about aquapolitics, anything to do with the ocean is a total different ball game of a social class, a social d- discipline. You can have all the money in the world and afford the biggest engine and ship to sail the seven seas. You can buy the biggest sailing boat with, with the biggest sails. With the biggest sails. At sea, it's not about who's got the most money, it's about who's got the best brains. You can buy the smallest of sailing boats with the biggest sail. And when the wind and the tide picks up, you can sail any sea faster than any boat, any size than any boat. 
doesn't have to be costly, a small sailing boat with a big sail. Inequalities at sea is a different class altogether. The moral of the story is thinking your better social class, full stop, whether that be money, class, gender, race, intelligence, isn't irrelevant. We're all equal humanity. Did you get the gist of my storyline? Did you get the gist of my storyline? Now you can have a biggest engine or you can have a small engine or you can have a big sail, you can have a you know expensive boat that you spent all your money on. You know, you can buy a speedboat, it could be any sailing boat, it could be any engine boat, and it's the smallest boat in the world, very cheaply to buy a month. It could be faster. But you still won the race. You still won the race. But we're all equal, aren't we? We're all humanities. All humanities. We're all equal. Absolutely. I witnessed this morning, you know, I write things, and I think, actually, that was quite very thoughtful of me, of writing that. Might make people understand a bit better throughout humanity. We are all equal. Doesn't matter what you are, if you're a policeman, politician, um, doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a nurse, we're all equal. The quicker someone realises, the better, I believe. Anyway, Proclamation News and Gaverance, proudly sponsored by PSS Alarms. Very ethical and pragmatic works carried out. All areas covered, including central station monitoring, provided all work done according to insurance requirements. This is a friend of mine's company. He's carried out works in Harry Kane's stepmother's house in Hertfordshire, Potter's Bar. He's carried out etiquette works in Casabar, such as the Casabar restaurant, and many more big businesses. Get a pen and paper ready. His name is Tarek Khan. Could be a relation to Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London. How do we know? Could well be. He's a good friend of mine. Installation and maintenance of intruder alarms, fire alarms, CCTV, all work guaranteed and certified to SSAIB standard 24-hour call-out service, can provide CCTV for pubs, clubs, restaurants or new business setup, secure your business, mention Professor Johnson for extra discount. It's rude to ask if he is in, uh, related to Sadiq Khan, I didn't ask, it's not my place to ask, it's just he's a professional guy, does his job really well, um, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he's a pleasant chap. So we just surmise, it's got to be related to Sadiq Khan, because Sadiq Khan is the face of London, he's the mayor of London. And to me, Tarek Khan is probably the face of London when it comes to fitting out all these CCTV, because he's a very, very professional guy, a nice mannerism. Anyway, co contact details as follows. 07908, 07908 216 Oh seven nine oh eight two one six one four two. Um, relax UK. You want to make that change. You want to better your well-being, better your health, better your sleeping. Make that change. Relax UK Limited health, travel, and wellness products since nineteen ninety-seven. UK relaxation shop selling various ranges of products from relaxation, travel, well-being, bar feedback, sleeping, and natural products. Check online. Um, relax-uk.com relax-uk.com check that out and have a look through the stuff that they do that they provide three simple rules in life if you don't go after what you want you'll never have it that's rule, that's rule one if you don't
don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. Rule two, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. That's number two. Rule number three, if you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. Make that change. You sit at home, you you know, you're moaning that you're um, suffering alcoholism, suffering narcotics, but you're not doing nothing about it to make that change. Make that change. You need to make that you need to make that change yourself. What do you would you know how would you know how to spot and stop Islamophobia? It seems after two years the government has yet to come up with a definition of for Islamophobia. Also, did you know Tommy Robinson used to be best mates with Nigel Farage, former UKIP political advisor and anti-Islam activist? Listen, I don't wish anyone physical punishment on anyone. I guess Tommy Robinson has learned his lesson and hopefully changed his views. At the time he made his accusation, he may well have been more angry to what happened to his cousin. So let's not jump on the bandwagon, even if you are obviously from Islam, my granddad was um, my granddad was from uh, Pakistan. So I don't jump on the bandwagon from any side of the fences. I think to myself, if I was Islam, you've got to take it, some, someone acting inconsiderate with a pinch of salt, rather than going to get revenge, you know? That could have easily happened to Tommy Robinson if someone remarked he's coming out of live on TV. But um, luckily, the Islam community you know, kept them, kept uh, maintained themselves, and you know, acted appropriately. Thankfully, thankfully for Tommy Robinson, probably made a mistake at the time. I don't know what his views are now on Islam. Maybe he learned his lesson. I don't know. He's been in prison for it, so he probably has learned his lesson. He went to prison to. Uh, <laughs> for me, I think he went to prison to, um, yeah, to learn his lesson to make him realise what he's done wrong. But as he learned his lesson, I don't know. HS2, Leeds Link, cut Amid promise to transform rail. The government has accepted the Leeds leg of the HS2 high speed rail line as part of a package that ministers promise will transform services. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has told the Commons that overhaul will bring faster journeys up to 10 years earlier than planned. I didn't think this was going on. HS2 trains were to run on a new eastern Leeds high-speed uh, line, but will now run on existing routes. Critics accuse Mr Shapps of breaking investment promises. Shadow Transport Secretary Jim McManon said it was a betrayal of trust. The betrayal of promises and the betrayal of investment the north of England and the Midlands deserve. He told MP there is no amount of gloss, no amount of spin that can be put on this. There's also a criticism that a significant uh, portion of the 96 billion pledge as a new investment has already been announced, such as 360 million to improve ticketing. But Mr. Chap said that the package has showed a crash in the confidence. I cannot actually believe what this just happened. If you can try and keep the show going, ladies and gentlemen, they've had a bit of a slight significance going with the. Um, going with the. Uh, function here. I'll try and bring back ASAP so please just bear with me two moments and be as quick as I possibly can. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. This is about the HS2 uh, coming into Leeds. 
And they said yesterday, we talked about it, we said it wasn't going to be built, but now it is. Which is good, I'm uh, quite happy about that. So let's stay tuned, ladies and gents. Proclamation News and Governments. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook. I think we're Professor Johnson on Twitter. Um, we're also, yeah, like I say, we're on Podcast, CastBox. We're on Anchor, Google Cast. Um, I said podcast, didn't I? Anchor, Google Cast, Radio, I think it's Radio Cast as well. There are many, many applications. Just type, put our name in um, to Google, you'll find Proclamation News and Gavrance there. Um, there we go, ladies and gents. I'm overwhelmed that you guys are supporting the show time and time again. On the 18th, on the, on the 18th of November, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Really appreciate it. Um, it says we're still... Ah, here we go. Restore the show. Restore the show. Just bear with me two nice, two little minutes. Two little minutes. We're going to be back on air. Back on air. This is what we need. This is what we need. I don't know if we're still on Air, as in on air, on air, but we will be because I'm sorted. Oh my goodness, I didn't go quite to how I wanted to, but it's not the end of the world. We're going to keep the show running. <laughs> um, it's barely running. We are back on air, so it's fine. Fl going flux of the flow, flux of the show. I don't know why it does that sometimes. Oh, we're still on, oh no, it's alright, we're fine, we can keep going, we are still on air, that's so, I'm so happy about that, so overwhelmed, I was still on CastBox Live as well, let's just check, yes we are, thank you all for staying uh, tuned, I thought I lost all then, I was just in the middle of the HS2 leads, uh, the critics accused Mrs. Shapps of breaking the investment promises, Shadow Secretary Jim McMahon, said it was the betrayal of trust, the betrayal of promises and the betrayal of investment the North of England and millions deserve. He told MPs there's, a, there's a, a no amount of gloss, no amount of spin they could put on this. It was also criticism that a significant portion of the 96 billion pledge as a new investment has already been announced, such as from 6 billion, 60 billion to improve ticketing. But Mr Shapp said that the package showed the government was acting on its levelling up agenda. The new integrated rail plan includes the completion of HS2, the crude to Manchester, the new stations at Manchester Airport and Manchester Piccadilly, a new high-speed line between Birmingham and East Midlands Parkway, the delivery of the Northern Powerhouse Well via a new high-speed line between Warrington, Manchester and Marsden in Yorkshire, the upgrade for electrification of the existing Midland Main Line East Post Mainland Main Line and Transpennine uh, Trans Main Line, a new mass transit system for Leeds and West Yorkshire, a money for programme of fares and ticketing reform, including contactless pay-to-go ticketing in the North and Midlands, a study to look at the best way to take a HS2 train to Leeds, including capital, including capacity of Leeds station. 
HS2 was originally planned to connect London with Birmingham, Manchester and Leeds, but the HS2 route between the East Midlands and Leeds will now be axed. There's also a scaling back of new Trans-Pennine Rail route between Manchester and Leeds as part of the Northern Powerhouse Rail MPR project to improve links between major northern cities. The routes between Leeds and Manchester will now be a combination of new track and enhancements to existing infrastructure. Tory MP Robbie Moore, whose Keighley seat sits close to Bradford, said he's deeply disappointed by the plan, which had to completely shortchange its constituents. Bradford has expected to be included in the process lead to Manchester route and see a station built to accommodate new trains. We're one of the most socially deprived parts of the UK and we must get better transport connectivity, Mr Moore said. Delivering of the Integrated Rail Plan, IRP, Mr Chaps told the MPs it was ambitious and unparalleled programmes to overhaul intercity links from across the North and Midlands. To spend up the benefits for local areas and services des uh, destinations people want to reach. Work has already started on the first phase of HS2 link in London and West Midlands. Next section will extend the line to Crewe. The final phase which will take HS2 to Manchester and Leeds. Commenting pla uh, on plans for rail links between East Midlands to Leeds. Mr Chaps said, well studied, best HS2 trains into Leeds as well. However, that is likely via the upgrades and existing rail network. A move condemned by the MPs and regional businesses, business leaders who said high-speed line was vital to the economic growth to the Midlands and North England. Labour, HP, Hillary Benn, who represents Leeds Central, said today that promise has been broken and Leeds and the North have been betrayed. Andy Bagnell, Director General of the Rail Delivery Group, who represents train operators, said while millions of people will benefit with a major investment in boosting of connectivity between major cities in the north of England and Midlands, leaving out the key pieces of the jigsaw, will inevitably hold back the ability for rail, uh, railways to power and level up the agenda and drive to net zero. We're going to look from an analyst, a political analyst by the Katie Austin, BBC Transport Correspondent. She has said the government argument is that fast delivery at lower cost is now best approach. It also makes the case for putting cash towards better local services, not just high-speed intercity connections. That won't wash with those who will accept nothing but the original proposal for both the HS2 and the Northern Powerhouse Rail. With their full capacity benefits as well as journey time, they feel a promise is being broken. Bradford is one example of this, a city whose leaders view a new, full high-speed link to the Manchester and Leeds essential for regeneration. Opponents of pages to a con controversial project will see today's news as a relief, although the door has not been fully closed to the eastern leg or being completed, completed at some future date. However, businesses in York, uh, Yorkshire who hope HS2 would bring jobs, investment and confidence, I'll bet not for a while, feel that opportunity has been just diminished. Labour has also pointed out that despite the 96 billion label, much of this money had already been embarked for the HS2. Waste of money, 
news that the part of the H2 was being scrapped was met with elation by the campaigners against Lyons. Sandra Haith from the anti-HS2 group in Bramley, Rotherham, said she was pleased, not only as a resident of Bramley, but as taxpayers, it was a complete waste of money. As a hist hist uh, historical political analyst, I just want to analyse, I don't know if anyone else ever thought this, I mean, it's just crossed my mind, um, you know, studying key components for being a political analyst. I don't know if anyone else, any other political science researcher, historian. I think of the times, I've probably gone back like 19, I don't know when the steam trains were out, were they 1950s, 1970s, 1960s? I can't remember. Looking at the time of trains changing over time. Going for coal trains. The coal trains. The coal trains is just uh, taking off at 1.15 from Liverpool Street to, I don't know, say Col Essex, Colchester stuff or something. One 1.15 train is leaving from London Liverpool Street into Essex. Back then, when it was just a coal train, you could run and jump on the train. Now, the electric train, the, the door the door shuts, you can't get in. It's like um, getting on a bus, isn't it? If the bus is just loading people on, it's just about to take off, it probably might just pull back in to let you on. But the trains, is a total different ball game. The trains are getting faster. Um, the doors do lock, the doors lock. Soon the, door, the train is thinking about taking off, then doors lock. You ain't getting on that train. Once that train's gone, you've missed your train, you'll wait another hour or whatever time. Over time, it's a matter, you know, look, I'm thinking of like, you know, um, social divisions of, you know, time. Um, social division, yeah, social divisions within. Here's throughout the history of trains. You know, the things you could do back before to what you can't do now. Look at the change over time. It's madness, isn't it? Sociological difference of comparing and contrast of the history to what it is now. That's what was going through my head. That's what was going through my head. I'm thinking that is massive, massive difference to the trains and again so much quicker quicker better people saying stop the hs2 uh, in bramley people saying it's a waste of money but um to a certain extent why well, you know if you get a train doesn't matter how fast it goes is it gonna make is it gonna be beneficial getting there quicker i mean imagine if you get a coach you're stuck on a coach for a long long time just gonna have a quick short break guys days ago. They're incredibly supportive, incredibly thorough um, and this contrasted I have to say with the national team who put the phone down on me when I, after one ring, um, they expected me to, to pick it up. I did, but they put their phone, the phone down on me. But I wondered if the Health Secretary was aware um, that the national test and trace team are expecting the public health, local public health departments to pick up during, during the Christmas holidays uh, as the national test and trace team go on holiday. But the public health team are going to have to pick up the slack when they're not doing their job. Mr Speaker, firstly, 
the Honourable Lady, uh, like so many in this House, is absolutely right to, to point out the phenomenal work that the NHS has been doing, particularly on the vaccination programme and also NHS uh, Test and Trace uh, on the work that they do, and also a UK uh, HSA on, on, the, on the testing programme. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Speaker. In uh, West Dorset, we were very fortunate to lead the way with the vaccinations in the uh, first and second tiers. But, uh, and I should say that that was mainly thanks to our many GPs across uh, the county who worked tirelessly. But of course, our GPs don't just have to be vaccinations, they have to be many other things as well. And currently, Mr Speaker, we are struggling, my constituents are struggling, particularly my older constituents, to get the booster jab. Could I ask my right honourable friend to uh, support me in making, uh, getting action to make sure that we can get that booster jab to my constituents who are not currently able to get it? Mr Speaker, firstly, my honourable friend is right to talk about the, the demand on, on, on GP services and there's one reason uh, why I announced just a few weeks ago the Winter Access Programme with a record amount of support which will undoubtedly help. When it comes to the vaccination programme, GPs across the country are uh, doing you know, phenomenal work, but in, 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 I want to make sure it's working in every part of the country. And if there's more that we can do in his area, we will. We'll be happy to meet with him. Chris Bryan. Thank you, Mr Speaker. I'm delighted to say I have been boosted, um, so I'm grateful. I'm not sure everybody's grateful, but um, I want to ask about long COVID because there's lots of evidence now that um, people who suffer from long COVID have had neurological long-term neurological changes, um, and that is sapping the other provision of services for other people with neurological conditions. I just wonder, isn't it time that we had a strategy for brain injury across the whole of government, including every single government department, and not just his own? Mr. Speaker, I know that uh, the Honourable Gentleman speaks with uh, a great deal of uh, experience on this issue and, and has talked about it many times uh, in this House. And uh, he's right to, to, to link uh, this to, you know, to, to long COVID. And uh, he, I hope I can reassure him with the, the work that is going on in, within both the NHS, in the department, and some of the research institutes into long COVID that the government is supporting with millions of pounds. And then also uh, the, the, the work the NHS is doing with people that, uh, that are suffering from long COVID and listening to them about what more we can do. Stephen Metcalf. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Uh, last week, whilst I was on a school visit, I was shocked to hear uh, about the extraordinary abuse a head teacher had experienced from parents opposed to in-school vaccination clinics. And I, I'm glad to hear we are making progress on getting 12 to 15-year-olds uh, vaccinated. But will you join me in encouraging schools to continue to do this Thank them for all the work that they have been doing. And can you also tell me what more we can do to reassure parents and students alike that the vaccine is safe, it's effective, and it's in all our benefits? This, Mr. Speaker, this is such an important uh, issue the, uh, about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. And uh, I think one of the strongest reassurances that we can give to everyone is that the, the, that decision about this vaccine, any vaccine, if it is uh, safe and effective, is made independently uh, to government, to ministers, uh, by world-leading uh, clinicians in the MHRA, uh, our, as I say, independent regulator, looking at the very best evidence that is available, and they continue to monitor 
that data and that information. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Mr. Speaker, in my in in my statement, uh, that uh, when it comes to vaccination, for example, of 16 and 17 year olds, one of the reasons that the, uh, the JCBI was comfortable, very comfortable, to make the recommendation uh, to me to offer a second dose to that cohort was because of the continuing work being done by our clinicians and the MHRA working closely together. So I hope that helps reassure my honourable friend. Susan Clay. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, I know that earlier this year when the government uh, was trying to extend its vaccine delivery programme, it was keen to promote the benefit of mobile units. I see they don't figure at all in the statement today. Could the Secretary of State tell me how many mobile units are currently being deployed? Mr. Speaker, this is all about uh, making access as uh, easy as possible. And as, as well as the, the, uh, the uh, national vaccination centres, the grammar jab offers, we do have mobile units. I'm afraid I couldn't tell exactly how many we have at, out at any one time. The number does change day to day and uh, depending on location. Uh, but it is something I think that remains an important part of giving as easy access as possible. Speaker, we have our walk-in vaccination clinic at Longton Fire Station on Friday, so will my right on... I just want to uh, pause you there, that's Sergeant Jarvin, he's the health secretary for the uh, government for the service club, and uh, they're questioning about the mobile units for people getting their both, uh, booster jab, you know, it's, in, it's important, isn't it? we've got to roll out in all different constituencies that you can get your safety throughout winter, and that is exactly what Sergeant Jarvin is addressing across the comments. I hope you're enjoying this as much as me, ladies and gents. Um, again, some key takeaway points. You're obviously getting questioned by other, other we can say lawyers, politicians, whatever you want to call them, inside the parliament. Um, exactly, they're getting questioned and giving good answers. Friends, join me in encouraging everybody in Stoke-on-Trent South who's yet to have their vaccination or needs their booster to come forward, come to the walk-in on Friday or get a, an appointment booked as soon as possible. Yes, uh, Mr. Speaker. Happily join my uh, my honourable friend. That if you if you live in Stoke on Trent South, we've got this great new uh, this walk-in centre, and please go on Friday because the best way to protect yourselves, your loved ones, is to get vaccinated. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, John Fagan from the Runcorn part of my constituency did the right thing and went for his booster jab last week. When he arrived, he was told they'd run out of supplies. What reassurance can the Secretary of State and the Department give me and my constituents, and actually the broader country, that there will be sufficient supplies for the booster rollout? Mr. Mr. Speaker, the Honourable Gentleman understand I don't know the details of that particular situation, but I would like to reassure him and, and the House that, uh, that uh, for both, uh, whether it's our boosters, our offer of uh, the Evergreen uh, offer of vaccination, uh, that w the, the country has, uh, uh, the, uh, the Vaccines Task Force uh, has uh, more than enough supply. Um, Speaker, can I welcome the Health Secretary's statement, the uh, rollout of boosters to the 40 to 49 year olds, and also the fact that we'll be able to book five months uh, after your jab rather than six months. I need to declare my interest on both counts there, but thank you very much, Secretary of State. Um, will you agree with me that given that that booster increases protection from symptomatic COVID up to 90%, it's in my interest, everybody's interest, to get that as soon as possible to protect ourselves, our loved ones, and the NHS? 
Yes, uh, Madam Deputy Speaker, I absolutely agree with my uh, honourable friend. Uh, the, 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 the facts and figures now speak for themselves, and this latest data that he has also just referred to that's come from UK HSA today, uh, not, more than 90% protection when someone has had their uh, booster dose, and uh, that, as he says, is not just protection for that individual, but for their loved ones. Rachel Maskell. Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker. The NHS is under severe pressure. Too many people are sick, including those which are vaccinated, and too many people are still dying. Why won't the Secretary of State meet with directors of public health who are tearing their hairs out because the government rightly has put so much investment into the vaccine programme, but aren't putting their investment into other public health measures which would stop COVID becoming a disease of inequality? Um, Madam Deputy Speaker, the Honourable Lady will know it's, of, of course, uh, as I've said today in the statement, that the vaccines are absolutely central to protecting us against this virus. Uh, but it would be uh, wrong for anyone to suggest that's the only thing that the, the government is focusing on. Of course, there's a lot more. And, and, and for example, uh, I can draw her attention to the recent announcements we've made on antivirals. Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker. The enthusiasm of 16 and 17-year-olds in the Aylesbury constituency to get the jab has been extremely impressive. So given that they are a particularly key age group in our fight against COVID, will my right honourable friend thank them for their contribution to tackling the pandemic? And can he let them know how soon they can expect to get the second jabs in their arms? Yes, sir, Madam Deputy Speaker. First, the second uh, doses for 16 and 17 year olds will be available for Monday uh, next week. Uh, and uh, also, I would like to join him in, in thanking, in particular, the local schools for all the work that they have done in Aylesbury to help with that. And finally, Jim Shannon. Madam Deputy Speaker, first of all, can I uh, thank the Secretary of State for all his clear commitment to protecting all citizens in the United Kingdom where the control is. I'm a type 2 diabetic this Saturday between 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock through the local surgery. I will receive my uh, COVID booster as other priority cases will as well. So can the Secretary of State outline what discussions has taken place to ensure that before over 40s are able to access their booster, that the vulnerable groups in all ages such as diabetics etc can access their booster in a timely manner throughout the UK. Decisions taken in this house set the market for other regions to follow, including Northern Ireland. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker. I mean, the, the, one of the reasons uh, the Honourable Gentleman will know is that, the, that our vaccination programme has been such a huge success is because it is truly a UK-wide uh, programme, and we're able to do that because of the strength of our union. I work uh, closely uh, with my colleague in, in Northern Ireland, and uh, we coordinate together, we share resources, and when it comes to supply, uh, of course, that supplies for the whole United Kingdom. And in terms of uh, making sure that people that might be particularly vulnerable have access, each of the devolved administrations has a slightly different approach, but we do. Sorry if you're not listening straight from the radio, if you can hear me vaping in the background, you probably think, what's he doing? What's that noise? And he's blowing his nose or something, but I'm actually vaping. I'm vaping on my vape. Um, yeah, I, I use it as a bit of a comfort while I'm listening, while I'm thinking, what can I do next? What can we talk about next? Um, <clears throat> anyway, COVID passes. We're going to look at COVID passes, ladies and gents. So that's the booster jab in a nutshell. I mean, I want to get my booster jab to make sure 
I'm free from COVID, um, free from get passing COVID to my family and to vulnerable people and to protect NHS staff. COVID passes may be used to keep pubs open at Christmas. COVID passes may be used over Christmas in order to keep pubs and restaurants open. Welsh Government has said, but the First Minister Mark Draper said no decision would be made on introducing a pass to the hospitality sector until early December. Mark Draper made the comments as he unveiled the latest 21-day review on COVID regulations. He said there would be no rule changes in the next three weeks following the latest review on Thursday. Some hospitality businesses said they needed time to react. If COVID passes were going to be introduced and not a snap decision. Mr Drakeford said the government would be keeping the option of extending use of the COVID pass to the hospitality sector. If case rates climbed and pandemic pressures on NHS increased, we will continue to monitor the public health situation and will work with the hospitality sector as we prepare for Christmas, he added. Conservatives said the passes were coercive, ineffective and anti-business and demand conditions for their removal. Covid passes are used to demonstrate if someone has been fully vaccinated or has been tested negative in the past 48 hours. They, use, they, they are already required for cinema, theatres, nightclubs, large events. Wales Health Minister Elune Morgan told the BBC Radio Wales Breakfast it's too early to say if Christmas will be normal. The good news is that for this period we will not be introducing the COVID passes because the people of Wales have responded positively. They have been respectful of the protection measures we have put in place. The last thing any of us want is to see the kind of crash out Christmas that we saw last year and so we are obviously going to be keeping an eye on the situation. I did say this time last year that the following year will more likely be the same if the R number becomes almost the same in consistency. Emma Downey, the co-owner of Ty's Kitchen and Wine Bar in Newport, Pembrokeshire said she would be loath to implement them in her business. In my opinion, COVID passports have no place in our industry or our, in our society in general, she said. They have no place and it is already difficult with this uncertainty. She said the First Minister, Mark Draper, was bringing never-ending doom and gloom to the industry. We're looking forward for a, norm, for a more normal Christmas, which is how Mark Draper described it a few weeks ago. Now we're going into yet more uncertainty and it's not just not good enough, she said. We are constantly taking the brunt of all these regulations. It's just too much for us now. I want to see scientific evidence that COVID passes make any difference to the COVID cases because I don't think there is any out there, she says. Constant fear. Simon Buckley, Chairman of the Brewers of Wales, said the industry needs optimism. We need determination that we are going to be able to trade over Christmas and be able to do so unfettered and without undue influence, he said. He claimed COVID passports had already had an adverse effect on nightclubs. 
We are in a position where I, in the industry it's on its knees and we're facing the staff shortages. Not caused by Brexit or anything else, but the constant fear, he said. Um, in the lady's argument, that's why what I did want to stop just before this, in that lady's argument, Emma Downey, I mean, you can see her argument, you can see her frustration, she's trying to run her business. Um, if the COVID passport come out and it says, okay, you've had your COVID vaccination, okay, you've had a COVID, uh, you've had a test, it's come up negative. But I take them, I don't, I don't put it into the, um, in, into the online thing, but if it's if, if it positive, I wouldn't leave my house, obviously I'd do the obvious, I'd isolate, but, you know, it's, um, who was to say everyone's going to take serious measures and put the actual real result in and not go out? Like she's, you know, you see where she's coming from. I can see the argument, I can see where she's coming from to a certain extent. And if I had COVID positive, and I didn't tell anyone, and I still went shopping, I've got no one to go shopping for me. I've got no one to get things I need while I'm isolating. If I had to isolate for two weeks, not go anywhere. Tell you what, I've got no one living with me. I'd have to be bringing up um, adult social services to give me a hand. Ian Williams, the owner of Oxwich Bay Hotel on Gower, he said, we don't want is what happened last year where something comes out of the bag and we have five hours to react. The worst case scenario for us is we do have to introduce a way of checking the COVID passes whether that is something where people are able to go online like they did previously, I don't know. But I would have to manage it as we were informed, he said. The last thing we want is where it got to last year. When it, when it went on and on, and then doing a snap decision, a decision that was made and pulled the rug from under us. If it keeps us open, the business going, and customers were pre-booked, are able to come in fantastic. That's what we all want. Wales remains at alert level zero, so all businesses can stay open. Although COVID cases continue to rise in Wales, they're going up at a slower rate. The seven day rolling case rate per 100,000 people has risen again to 504.9 compared to 495.4 reported last year. On Thursday, Public Health Wales reported 20 further deaths with COVID and 2,476 as on Thursday. In the seven days of or to 16 November, on average, 6.8 people a day died with COVID in Wales. Mr Drakeford added the pandemic hasn't gone away, with many countries in Europe introducing tougher restrictions. The Welsh Government will have another view on 10th December. Russell George, Welsh Conservative Health Spokesperson, said, Vaccine passports are bad law. There is no evidence they work, whether they be limiting the spread of the virus, increases uptake, uptake of the vaccine, and the conditions for their withdrawal should be set out by the Labour government. This is horrific. I mean, what do you do with a man like this? This man thinks he's a bigot. This man thinks he's a brave. This man thinks he's courageous. This man thinks he's a hero. 
This is absolutely shocking criminology in the headlines. Absolutely shocking. Essex crime. Man who shared 30,000 child abuse images with online users said it made him feel important. What would make you feel important about that? What sort of alcoholism or narcotic abuse or whatever substances has this man taken for making to make him think outrageous things like this? I do not know. I do not understand. How is this amongst humanity? And mental health amongst us all, but to do this, he said he become lonely after losing his mother. That's not an excuse. Darren Nugent said he felt important when this distributing indecent images of children to people online. An Essex man assessed nearly 30,000 child abuse images online before distributing them to other people because it made him feel important. Darren Nugent said he had become increasingly lonely and isolated after losing his mother to illness in 2017, having been her full-time carer and downloaded tens of thousands of files abuse images. The 50 year old who lived in South Den at the time had provided links for other online users to access the material it had been complimented by them for providing it. Bradford Court heard on Monday. Nugent's home was raided by the police in January time this year where they seized numerous devices including computers and hard drives and he was then grilled by officers. Diana Wilson prosecution told the court one file alone had 1,100 Im uh, indecent images and 200 videos. He said it was made to feel important and had some of the best links around and people complimenting him. He knew some of the links were nasty and involved babies. Mitigating Tyler McCarthy said that N uh, Nugent had accepted he had a problem and was ashamed. She said he is somewhat horrified at himself for getting himself into this position. His father died in 1998. His mother had a serious heart attack in 2014. He became a full-time carer and did everything for her. When she passed away in 2017, he struggled financially and emotionally. He didn't really have a purpose and lost the ability to communicate with others. Judge Samantha Cohen told uh, Nugent, they, the police, found once they had analysed various electric devices that you had downloaded from the internet, something around 30,000 images, you accepted distributed a large number of images. The age of children ran from babies through toddlers to toddlers, primary school children and teenagers. Doesn't matter how lost you are throughout life. I've got no circle of friends, I talk to myself. But what on earth is going through this man's head? The judge said Nugent had claimed in his pre-sentence report he did not get any gratification from viewing the images, but said she did not accept that. She added, you seem to have very little awareness of the harm it causes to other people. Nugent from Bournemouth Gardens, Folkestone, Kent, was jailed for three years for possession and distribution of indecent images of children and possession of extremely pornography. He will be set on the sex offenders list, register for life. Absolutely deserves it. That is not any way, shape or form to act throughout humanity. I don't know what his mental health form is that he's suffering, but he clearly needs some significant help.
significant help or significant punishment to not let him do again. It's a it's horrific what's around us throughout humanity today, modern society. How can we um, comprehend? How can we educate our children? We got that rat madness. How can you educate your children? Oh my goodness, what a worry. What an absolute worry, ladies and gents. Proclamation news and governance. Uh, Miss Sam, Josh, Mia, Lucia, everyone coming. Really appreciate you guys coming through, supporting the show. Please give Proclamation News and Gavrant a follow. You can also find us on Google. Um, you can also send us an email, Proclamation News and Gavrant at yahoo.com. Just want to say thank you all for tuning in today. It's been an absolute emotional, emotional day. Always enjoying, enjoying the car. Thank you so much. Take care, one love, and speak soon.